From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fans. Big Blue Roundtable. Start of the all-season episode into the uh between the 24 uh 2023 and 2024 uh filling in for chris we'll be back in two weeks where in two weeks we will get back to we're going to be you know all off seasons are going to be split half giants half rest of the nfl the entire off season for every other week so that will be in two weeks from now where chris will be back i may be on that episode and we'll talk giants and the rest of the nfl but today is going to be more of a recap of the entire season, the regular season, postseason, maybe more so on the fan level. We'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs winning another Super Bowl, our thoughts or reaction to the Super Bowl. We'll talk, uh, oh, you know what? I was talking to Lit right before we got on. We'll bring on Lit about the um, uh, the global games that's coming up to Brazil and you know, what fans think about that. We're just going to keep it really loosey-goosey, man. Uh, have some fun for an hour and then, you know. But uh, before we do that, uh Tuesday, we had Hockey Talk, Blue Shirts, a little bit of the NHL with the Calgary Flames, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, Carl, by the way, if you're on, um, Scott had wanted to ask you something on that episode. He said he would bring it up on Tuesday. I forgot what he said, but uh, we had ran out of time on Tuesday. But we could pick up that talk on the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud on Tuesdays. Uh, the Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum on Wednesday. We had uh, post game versus the Orlando Magic. Uh, and then after the All-Star break, we'll pick up on that conversation next Wednesday. And then I have to get back into the baseball and Major League Soccer as well, you know, with spring training and the start of the MLS season. We'll, we'll get into all that as well. So I have some time, right? Uh, definition of lit. Uh, the eighth wonder of the tailgate world. What's up, bro? How you doing? Help me fly this plane tonight, hey. man, for the next hour, man. <laughs> hey. Steve, Steve, good to hear from you. I mean, I'm, I'm great that you're uh... – on the show right now. This is really cool. I mean, it's been a minute since you posted. Um, I mean, the legend is back, and I'm, I'm glad that nah, nah. we all get to rock with you, dude. But hey, man, I, what you just said, dude, you're a busy, busy dude. You got to prep for baseball. You got to prep for major league soccer. I mean, geez, man, you are all over the place, man. Kudos to you, dude, for holding it down the way you do, man. That's that's impressive, Steve. What you got going on, diving deep into every sport, man, man, that, that's awesome, Steve. That, that is really, really good, well, man. You're just a plethora, you're a plethora of information. Well, we, 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 we all kind of do it. It's just somebody you know, like myself or there's other people that do it. You know, it's just once – listen, I'll put it like this way, then we'll get Carl. I see you, Carl. The Bleed Blue Show at its core – is really about this, what we're doing right now, having a verbal conversation. And as long as we have been doing it all together, when I mean all of us, I'm talking about the people who actually call in and talk and we, you know, have feedback and we share the show. The essence of what we do is exactly why I love doing what we do. Because look at what the world we live in right now, Lit. We live in a world where everybody wants to read shit on a message board or on social media, but nobody's verbally talking. 98% of the sports conversations is about texting or reading words on, on, a, on a screen, but they're not putting – you can't hear the emphasis in their talk or what they're trying to describe. That takes a lot of work to put together and bring the right light minds, whether you agree or disagree on certain areas of the topics at hand. But the point is, we, you can't lose that element of having the everyday sports fan, I believe, uh, to have that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because think about yeah. it. You, you know, everybody's reading shit. They're not talking verbally. They're not having that conversation verbally. It's all reading shit and just out of text shit. And, it, and that's kind of the main reason why we started this shit about nine years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, honestly, Steve, I would rather articulate great dialogue every day with you, Carl, E.B., Manny Dodds, and, and listen, listen to the nonsense on social media. I mean, I see your point. It took me a little mm -hmm. while, but I kind of see your point. I'd rather have great dialogue than just read and 
you know, get overworked or just kind of scratch my head because that's just someone just trying to put something out there that really never going to be talked about. Man, there's so many, so much to what you just said and exactly your point, man. I mean, we could deep dive into that tonight too if you want. But let's bring on Carl and get his thoughts. Hey, Carl, man, listen, we're just going to recap the season, what we like this way. How you doing, bro? We just had you on two nights ago, and great discussion on the Calgary Flames, the Rangers, the stadium series. How you doing, man? We did. Good evening, Steve, and, and let good evening to everybody. Good Hope everybody's Carl. doing okay. Yeah, we're doing all right, man. I'm curious what Scott. Yeah. I'm curious what Scott was going to ask. I mean, we we had we had to leave out so we, at the right at the end of the show when we were talking about that situation. So it's probably a follow up on that. Um, but we'll 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 talk about that uh, next I, week. I was shocked. Yeah, but I was shocked that people froze their ginger root. That was surprising to me. That, that was one <laughs> takeaway from that episode. I did not. It must be some sort of TikTok hack that I did not know about. But, you know, he you said, no, here's the crazy thing. He did say he's better. Like, he said he was 100% better since taking it. So that would have been Tuesday. He said by Wednesday, mm, late afternoon, he was great. He said he felt great, and he said that he just couldn't get rid of the cough. Now, that's a little different because the cough is the cough, and that takes a little bit longer. But the shit works. I'm yeah. telling you, the shit works. So we were talking on Tuesday because one of the, the callers, the stakeholder, Scott, on a hockey show, he was, he was saying he was cold, he was, you know, Sick. I, I, I gave him the recommendation, Lit. The, the the ginger root, if you ever get sick, like a cold, get that shit, boil it into a tea. You will be good in eight hours. Guaranteed. Never fails. Never fails. So we gave him that recommendation, and he, he co-signed it. Like I said, it would happen, you know? This is where Lit says, okay, yeah, maybe, no. Lit, you there? I mean, you know, I, I normally take oregano oil from Whole Foods. And that and that kind of does uh, wonders for me. Um, I know that mahogany root, ginger root, everybody kind of has their unique holistic approach to either getting keeping from getting sick or kicking that cold. But I'm definitely an oregano oil guy. All right, let's start off, man. Let's uh, if anybody else gets in, we'll, we'll talk about. It. So let's talk with you know Kansas City Chiefs back to back Super Bowl champs. I said. I was worried about this game because they have Mahomes, the Chiefs, and the Niners didn't, although I think the Niners had a better roster. But I thought the ending was pretty good. It was a slow two and a half, three quarters. But, Lit, what was your thoughts on the Super Bowl? And, Carl, we'll get your thoughts on that. And, you know, we'll move the conversation along. We keep it loose as this tonight. You know, I'll tell you, Steve, remember how when we talked last time you thought about taking a nap between uh, Detroit Detroit game, so you might take a nap during that game. Kind of prepare yeah, yourself for the night game. Steve, I'm going to tell <laughs> you, dude, I'm going to bring this up, man. The way that that game was playing out, it was really lackluster, and I really felt like like taking a nap. But unfortunately, I had some skin in the game, and I had to make sure I followed. If I didn't have any skin in the game, you know, up until the fourth quarter, um, it was very, very lackluster. Um, I, I hate to say it, Carl, Steve, if I'm wrong, please go ahead. But I kind of thought it was just very p- pedestrian, the flow of the game. I would agree. Would you, have sa- would you have said that if those fumbles in the red zone on each side didn't happen? Um, that would probably never happen, Carl, again. But you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I was I was livid, livid that McCaffrey fumbled that thing inside the ten yard line. Livid mm-hmm. again when Isaiah Pacheco did the same goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the way folks are talking about, they're like, "Well, there was no scoring in the first half." Well, I was like, "Well, there's part of it was because both guys fumbled the ball. <laughs> Otherwise, mm-hmm. there would have been some scoring." That's really, and that's that's the way I took from that from that situation. That's true. That's true. The unfortunate I mean, bounce hitting the foot on the special. The things changed everything, I thought, because I thought the Niners yep. was in position to getting close to seal the deal, and that was just bad luck, man. I mean, damn, that that's bad luck. How did you guys thought about that when the the ball hit the uh, Niner foot and it caused the turnover for the Chiefs? You know what? You know what that reminded me of. Remember when the Giants played the Forty ers in the championship game, and. Part of the Giants' fourth-quarter comeback happened because the ball went off of a 49ers back foot. Yep. It was a very similar situation. 
And I was, yeah. I, I don't know who, I don't, I don't remember who, I think it was like, was it Kyle Williams? I think, I think that was the gentleman. He eventually fumbled the yes, ball in, in overtime. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that situation, like it was the same sort of circumstances, both at the time 49ers were in control. There's, you know, nothing else going, kind of going on on the other side. And, and that sort of opened the gates. And that is sort of, I took as the lesson. Um, there were a lot of lessons in, in that came out of that game and really the season as a whole. But, you know, when you give the Michael Jordan of football an opening, just a little bit of an opening, he's going to take advantage every single time. And Mm -hmm. 49ers gave him the opening. He took advantage like he always does. And you are sort of left kind of just holding, you know, holding the bag at at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, So, Carl, with that, with what you just said, I, I, I agree with you on that. But if you look at the way that the rules change for overtime, there was a chance that the story could have been rewritten to where the Jordan example possibly could have never happened. If, if, I say a big if, if San Francisco understood the overtime rules, there could have been a chance that that Michael Jordan comeback possibly could not have happened if they understood the so this has been a debate all week. So break, for folks that are, are listening that may not understand what, what Lit is saying, break down the situation, and then I, I can go two ways about it. I can actually argue both sides of this. So outline it, and then I'll respond. Um, well, oh, you might have to interject and possibly correct me. But for starters, uh, the, the uh, uh, overtime rules have changed for, you know, for the week as far as postseason for the Super Bowl. Um, I did not know personally myself the fact that it was a pseudo sudden death if obviously Team A scores a touchdown, Team B gets to go right back at them and score a touchdown. They go to the next round, kind of like in college, right, Steve? Uh, what do we call this? A, a, a sudden death? Sudden death. Yeah. They call it a Kansas, a Kansas City overtime of all terms, right? Of yeah. all the terms. <laughs> so, if obviously in that situation, if San Francisco possibly would have deferred, any way you slice it and dice it, touchdown or a three-pointer, San Francisco would have gotten the ball regardless. So there's two ways about there's two ways about it, and actually Shanahan not necessarily messed up on taking the ball. He actually messed up by not going for a touchdown when it was fourth down and four at the nine yard line. The reason behind that was this: once he decided to kick a field goal, he opened up the door to then right then and there losing the game. Let's say hypothetically they go and they get a touchdown there. Now, there's two way, he has two options at that point. He can either go up by seven with an extra point or go for a two-point conversion and go up by eight. He ha- you have to operate under the assumption that because if the, if the other team takes their possession and scores a touchdown, to avoid sudden death at that point, the team that goes second would likely have to go for two unless they are just taking the chance that they can get another stop. That's a very, very risky when three points at that point can lose you the game. So the 49ers, for whatever reason, elected to kick the field goal. The the part about taking the ball is like 51. It's like a, there's, there's, it hasn't been, it's the first time it's ever happened in this type of NFL situation, but normally the numbers are like 51, 49. Either way, there's not a right or wrong decision. The only thing you would probably factor in is if the other team has Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or one of those type of quarterbacks where if you give them the ball, they might drive down and score. If you have, well, I don't want to give another quarterback's name, but let's just say a lesser quarterback, you might, you could probably take your chance. So that's the thing. Because, like I said, so the 40, if the Chiefs had, take, had gotten had won the toss, they likely would have deferred. But even if they, you would, if you, essentially, 
the team that takes the ball first, you're almost incentivized to score eight points to avoid, uh, to avoid a situation where you can lose on the other team having possession and scoring. Yeah, and was that was that point yeah. two? Because you might be, you mentioned there's two points to that. Was that was that point one or point two? Wait, say, wait, say that again. Uh, you you mentioned that there was there was two ways to look at it. Was that was that both ways? Well, uh, you yeah, mentioned that yeah, there's two it, ways to look at it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, you can take the ball. You that's something that you can do, but just know that if you decide to take the ball, you had better get eight points out of it instead of seven in that overtime situation. Because if you, only, if you only take seven, the other team can still walk you off with a two-point conversion. Yeah. If you're going to go for three, just know that if the other team gets seven points, it's over. So those are the two ways you can play it. If you get yeah. eight points, the worst the other team can do is tie. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, yeah, um, um, that's fair. And, and you don't really sense behind that. What sucks is, mm-hmm. and I, I know this is kind of, a little bit kind of off topic, but uh, poor Steve Wilkes paid for that. He paid for that with his job. Scapegoated. Yeah, and that's bad because there was the two things. It was the, um, the punt, the, I would call it a month, but the ball hit the guy's foot and, and the Chiefs recovered, and the other one was the missed extra point, which – why the Chiefs were able to tie the game to make that thing go into overtime? I mean, the, I, I mean the fact that he did two drives late in the game—not just one, but two—one to get the field goal to go to overtime, and then the one the game-winning touchdown. And, and, and Carl alluded to him being Michael Jordan. Listen, I, I hate to say it, but he, he's probably the best quarterback in my lifetime. I, I, I probably would go there. I would probably put him even above Brady because Brady, to me, had better cast of players. He's what? Talented? He's definitely know? the most talented. Oh, he's definitely the most talented. He, he, he's, a, he's, he's definitely a, a, a notch, maybe a notch better than a prime Aaron Rodgers. The problem with Aaron Rodgers, he just don't have the hardware to back it up. But Mahomes, when you take everything into consideration – I, to me, I gotta be. I, I want to know where you guys been. My lifetime since I've started watching football, I, I think he is the best. What do you guys think? If once he wins two more chips, he's gonna be the goat. I mean, he look. I mean, he's only what twenty seven, twenty eight. So I mean, in the past, you know, about uh, eight years, he pretty much is the goat. Three rings, uh, four four Super Bowls. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or four championship games, three Super Bowls. I mean, he's got the hardware, and he's got time on the side, too. You know, you know when, you combine, you? when you combine intelligence, talent, drive, will to win, the ability to rally his own teammates, to get them to believe, you know, like I, I someone mentioned this the other day, that yeah, like if you play um, – play video games like on let's say Madden there's that creative player thing that they yeah. have like this is like essentially the perfect player like if you were building a guy in a lab like that's he would be what he is you know those guys you can't you know you, you can't scout them in college you can't you know they just they just show up I'll, you know, sometimes you think that maybe if you're taking, you know, the first uh, a guy in the first pick in the draft, you're thinking, oh, maybe this guy, you know, can be what this guy is. But nobody could have seen this coming. You know, nobody was watching Texas Tech football thinking and that, you know, you seven are. years later, yeah, thinking that seven years later, perhaps the greatest quarterback of our lifetime, potentially, if, when it's all said and done, is playing football, like, it's impossible to even project or predict, but, you know, here we are and, you know, he's got, you know, he's got, you know, plenty of time to go. Um, you know, you would hope that injury does not, you know, derail any part of his career. The logic and history dictates that there's probably going to be some level of injury because see, if you look at all the greats, basically over the last, I don't know, 40 years, mm-hmm. almost all of them with the exception of like maybe three guys, 
have a significant injury. You know, Tom Brady missed the season. Um, John mm-hmm. Elway missed, you know, missed a, a large portion of the season due to injury. Dan Marino tore his Achilles. You know, I think only Brett Favre, Eli, and Phillip Rivers are really the only guys that sort of stand, stood the test of time. Everybody else is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think, missed, you know, half a season. You know, like, every, you know, the logic tells you that, you know, there's, you know, there's going to be something, you know, that's going to, you know, bring him down for a period of time. But, you know, if he's able to be able to be an Iron Man on top of all this, you know, and, and win, I don't think he – and I'm curious what you guys think because I was texting somebody about this the other day. Someone was asking, does, you know, does Mahomes need to get to seven Super Bowls or eight Super Bowls to be the greatest of all time? And I said no, but then I, 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 I responded with this question. Would you rather win seven Super Bowls or would you rather be the first quarterback in the history of football to three-peat? Three P is the harder one and we don't, because three yeah, is that is hard and that is more in your prime. Listen, I respect what Brady did. I think we all do. Yeah. If you were really to compare rosters, if you were to compare rosters, who's on, like what's his name? Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. I would put Gronkowski in that like that category. They're kind of like a, a wash. You know, they're like one 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 top two. To, Right, so that's a wash. But outside of that, Mahomes has no Hall of Famers on his roster that I that I could think of. Brady, I could name a whole slew of them. I could Darrell Revis. I mean, both sides of the ball. Seymour Revis. Well, wait now, offense or defense? Because I think on well, I'm looking at I'm looking at both sides. I'm looking at offense. Complete roster. I'm looking at Sky Moore. Well, <laughs> only okay. the Hall of Fame? <laughs> well, let's take well, let's take a let's take a look at the defense. Let's take a look. At the yeah, yeah. Chris Jones to me is a Hall. Of, Chris Jones to me is a yeah, Hall. Yeah, he, 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 he should be in there. Yeah, he he would be in there. He could be in there. Absolutely, Chris um, Jones. Yeah. And right now, it's it's too early in his career. I mean, he was the first team All Pro this season. Um, Trent McDuffie, um, McDuffie is, could, is, is he's on is, his way. You know, Snead was another guy. I think he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So I don't know if they're going to pay him or not. I think he was another All Pro as well. Um, you know, that, that would be another, um, you know, they're, it's going to be on the offensive line. I would not say anybody there, you know, the first part of the, of the, the first part of the run, it was basically, it was Mahomes, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey on that first part on defense. The defensive players have really just kind of come along in the last number of years outside of Jones. Sammy Watkins. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I hear you. But yeah, that that was the main three though. Yeah. Yeah. Kickers actually wash each other too. Uh, um, Adam Vinatieri and um, Bucker—they're they're, kind of—they're both kind of washes. Yeah, they're washes. He, he's a, Bucker is a weapon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, just, just kind of maybe this has merit, maybe this doesn't. If you want to compare right now Brady to Mahomes, during Brady's career, he's always had elite weapons, in my opinion, around him. To whereas Patrick yeah. Mahomes has had Kadarius Tony, um, um, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez Scanlon, and mm-hmm. maybe a couple other second or third string receivers, and he made it work. So if you look at the body of work with the weaponry that Mahomes has had, which I believe is less, except for Kelsey, than what Brady has had, man, I'm, I'm ready right now to say, one more Super Bowl, that three peak. Mahomes is the yeah. third, dude. What he's having yeah. to work with. I'm there. I'm there with you on that. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And, it, and it's cool. Kadarius Tony. Those are interesting. I mean, I'm laughing because they didn't do anything or they didn't play. Those were for the active roster guys. I. Well, you know, ahead, it's weird. The, the the better the players that Brady had in terms of offense, like Moss and, and Welker, and then when Gronk came along, you know, they, but until 2014, that that 10 year period of time, Brady didn't win. That's the weird. That's actually the ironic part about about Brady's career. Like the first three Super Bowls, there's not, there was not another player on offense that would be a Hall of Famer. You take a look at take a look at the team. Like Corey Dillon's probably the only guy, and that's like borderline Hall of Famer. You know, but I remember the receivers like Troy Brown, David Patton, Eon Branch, uh, Benjamin right. Watson, Daniel Graham. Like, those the, like that was the offense during that time. Then there was that period when they didn't win, 
when Moss came in there, Welker came in there, and I think in 2010 was when Gronkowski was drafted. And then the second half of Brady's career when he really sort of established himself as, you know, an all-time, you know, GOAT quarterback. Even then, outside of Gronk, I'm trying to think of other – like Julian Edelman, I don't think is all of Danny Amendola. Aaron Hernandez nice for a few years before, you know? Yeah. Decent piece. Hernandez Hernandez decent first pieces. three years before he before the murder before, before the murder Hernandez would right. have been a, was trending that was going to be a Hall of Famer until he had his little situation. Yeah, I the, the point, those are great points. These were very they have very good players on both sides of the ball in New England. I think that's the reason why they were able to beat in the hunt, especially in the weak AFC East. The Jets, the, I mean, maybe had one or two years throughout that. It, that run with Rex Ryan, Buffalo was just not good, and Miami wasn't good. So they did capitalize on that. But nonetheless, that's not their fault. But I look at the path. No different from how the Chiefs did it. Go ahead. No different from what the Chiefs, no different from what the Chiefs are doing to the AFC West right now. They basically and, and I, I, the entire division. I, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm with you on that. But I will, I'm trying to think. I, let's just talk this through. The run, this particular run, Beating a, I would think a, a hot Buffalo team in their house went to Baltimore, the number one seed, and and beat them. And I would argue this season the best roster in the NFL, even though it was a neutral site, the Niners. That's a hell of a run. You know what I'm saying? So they did it all on the road after that first game versus Miami, who they trounced at home. That's a great run, man. That's that's a good resume. I'm trying to think. You know, a lot of the New England runs, they they did what they needed to do in the regular season, so they had home fields in Foxborough. So okay, cool. But I don't. Did, did they? I don't even recall them going on the road like what Kansas City did this season. Do you guys? The two, what are your thoughts? The two time, the three times that the Pats went on the road to go to the Super Bowl was their first Super Bowl in '36. Uh, the 14 and two team, the one that when they got their third Super Bowl, which I think was was Bill's best team um, the, of, of all the teams that won the title. They went to Pittsburgh, who was 15-1. and one. That was when Roethlisberger. Right, I remember that, yeah. And, yeah. and they dominated them uh, that year. And then the third time that they went on the road was when they went to KC and beat Mahomes uh, in overtime. Yeah. Well, he did beat them. Well, that might be the one-off because when they did square off, he did He did unbeat them. Wow. He did beat them. Um. And if it wasn't, and if it wasn't for the guy going offside <laughs> on fourth down, the only right. the, the guy the D I think it's D Ford. He's off. He his foot is on the line on fourth down when Brady throws right. the interception, but they call it back because of the offsides, giving the Patriots uh, in the extra uh, t- uh, p- you know possession and time needed to, to drive down and, and get you know the points they needed to, to get in the overtime. Right. Last one, last yeah. point, and, and then we'll go back to lid on one thing. Um, the the in the pocket, that's where, of course, that was where he was the most deadliest is Brady, of course. But like what Carl was saying, it's just the t- entire package. It's almost like he's a combination of Brady and Aaron Rodgers, where or or whatever scrambling like an Elway, like it's just he's more elusive than like a straightaway runner, like quarterback. So the, his his athleticism, you saw it in that scamper that set up that helped set up the game winning uh, touchdown in OT. It's everything, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just it's just remarkable. Yeah, that, I think that three in a row would definitely seal it for me, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just looking at the eye at the eye test. It's really the eye test, just the talent wise. It's just that helps my well, that would help my point. Um, I would personally probably would put him above Brady, although I think Brady has was well accomplished. Go ahead, you was about. I'll say something. We'll, we'll transition to the other topic. Yeah, I, you know, Steve, like, like you said, um, you know, I think we could be witnessing, um, maybe this is not the correct word, but between um, Brady and Mahomes, we are, we are witnessing the transfer of power or the, the transfer of the GOAT, Tom Brady, to the new GOAT in front of our very eyes. But like I said, Steve, you said that you haven't seen this in, in 10, 15 years or this is, you know, uh, what you kind of stated earlier, that now we're all witnessing it. And I, I think sooner than later, we are going to see that transfer uh, of, of power when it comes to, yes, Tom Brady is the GOAT right now, but we are going to see the transfer very, very soon. And, 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 you know, and the crazy thing, it should have been Aaron. 
And the crazy thing, it should have been Aaron Rodgers because he had he not lost to the Niners in, in the NFC, the Giants. He should have been yep. in that conversation where Mahomes is. So, uh, yeah. Let, let, let's and go some crazy. Yeah, oh, go I ahead. Crazy. Yeah, I was just say, Steve, that's a really good point. Aaron Rodgers, compared to the to, to the other quarterbacks you just mentioned, he's still yeah. in the rears with only winning his uh, his chip. So I don't know. Somebody must. I mean, guys must have to keep this up. But just have to work mm-hmm. out for Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. Now, for, now, this is a topic. This is right up your wheelhouse in YouTube, Carl. We were talking about it right before we got on. The, the NFL uh, expanding their games, you know, another Germany game, and Carolina's going to host a home game. And, of course, uh, now they made the announcement with the Eagles going to Brazil. Holy shit, right? Now, Litt said, I didn't know this, but go ahead, I'll let Litt tell it, but uh, or explain it, you know, in the, in the subsequent season, not this season coming up, but the following, they're trying to do a game in Spain. You know, you know, me yeah. and you, all, us three on this line, we are definitely traveling fans. Uh do you yeah. like this idea with the with with, with the with the NFL going and expanding more? Is it more better? Or what do you what are your thoughts? And the Carl, same thing. You, you know, right now the three of us, Steve, you, Steve, you, Carl, we are all worldly travelers. To us, this is perfectly curtailed to our lifestyle of, I guess, thinking outside the box, experiencing new things experiencing new things with your friends. So this this is, like, perfectly curtailed for me. Steve, I know you love to travel. Carl, you enjoy traveling, seeing things. So what they're doing, how they're doing it, you know, some people are like, oh, no, that's wrong. You have to take the game. That, that takes the game out of our uh, out of our home. To me, this is pleasure and enjoyment, culture, food, experience, watching possibly your team on the road in a foreign country. I'm all down for it. What's your thoughts, Carl? The league, it's the job of the league is to maximize its revenue. And they've had a, a vision of being about a $25 billion league, I think, by the end of the decade. And the only way you can do that is to find revenue streams in unconventional places. You know, whether it be the streaming that we talk about or going to foreign lands to be able to play games. And that is, you know, as, as things expand, you know, it started with London. You know, now we're, they went to Germany. Uh, here we have the Brazil. Uh, I think Spain is coming up as well, uh, coming up soon, maybe next year, I believe. You know, all these different, you know, aspects. You know, the, you, much like the NBA is a global game, and the NHL is a global sport, and baseball is an international sport, you know, the NFL has to look at itself as, a, as an international sport, over time, over the long haul, because, you know, there's only so many U.S. dollars you can get. You know, you have to, you know, you have to, you, you have to go and open up your product to as many people as possible and also open up the, um, the inventory of, avail- of potential talent as, 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 as much as you can. You know, if, it's not going to be a surprise that, you know, within, I don't know, 30 years, you might have maybe 15, 20% of the NFL be players that were not born in this country. And I think the NBA, as it stands right now, Steve, you could probably check the numbers, Steve. You probably talk about it on the, on the Nick show. You know, I think 25% of the NBA, of NBA players today are foreign-born players, and a case can be made that maybe five or six of the best players in the league are not born in the United States. You know, yep. like you have to develop that pipeline of revenue, players, got people that would never have been thought, you know, ever been introduced to football and you have an opportunity to do so, you know, in the fashion that they provide it. Look at how I think it's you know, more it's really interesting. Oh, sorry. No, no, go, go, go. Feel free. Go ahead. I was going to say real quickly, you know, in, in, in Europe, their football soccer is number one. It's great to see how they're embracing American football all over Europe. I just want to point that out. You know, remember when they had the NFL Europe? Remember that? When they had the NFL Europe? Carl and, and uh, Lit? Remember that they had that league? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I do. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do. 20, yeah. 25 years ago? Something like that? Yeah. It, it, they, they, just, they just 
they're finding a ways to get back involved there because they had games like they had uh, uh, teams throughout Europe. I think Spain, um, Germany, uh, Germany, yeah. And so they're finding ways to not put entire leagues. But I think the question is, okay, if I'm with Carl with the revenue, if, of course, this is a business. Obviously, that's the business part. But the end game, because the whole the toss, especially with going into London games for in particular, are they trying to put a team there? Is that the end game? Or one of the the goals? I, you know, I don't know, but I think they're still trying to push that. If you guys want to fill in or think, if, should they find a way to, or should they even explore that because of the time difference? Uh, having a team in England, uh, I, I, you know, they always have that game, you know, every year in, in London or multiple games in London. Do you think they would go that route uh, for for a place in the team? This is, I mean, it's almost like the Jacksonville Jaguars are the de facto England team or the European <laughs> team because they, 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 they're automatically losing the home game. Or I don't even call it losing the home game at this point. They're only playing seven home games at this point. Like, they're going there every year. So if you're a player, you sign with that team, you, you know you're going to Europe at one point. I don't even know how the, the I don't even know how the players feel about it. But I do, you know, what, what Lit was saying, it's more they're good willing for to play people there. like us. Now, that's where I think where the fans are divided. I think most fans don't like it. Like, if you're a fan who may have season tickets but do not travel, you may not like it. If you're somebody like a Lit or a Steve or a Carl who do not mind going to different places for the experience, this is right up your wheelhouse. I think we are in the yeah. minority and not the majority of how most fans feel. Because I think most fans feel, look at it like, well, damn, why do I have to get up at nine nine thirty to watch a game? Or if you're on the West Coast, six o'clock in the morning to watch a game. That's their kind of their attitude. So it's kind of mixed. I think we're in a minority, but if somebody specifically or like us, if they have a game, I don't know, they might have a game in Australia when if the, at the rate they're going, if they're going to do Brazil, they're going to go to Germany. I mean, let's pick a place. Africa. Let's pick another place. Dubai. I don't know. Saudi Arabia. Not, I mean, especially these places like very that. Likely. You know? Oh, very, very likely. And well, you know, and and the thing too, and the reason why you notice it being done, um, if you notice the pattern, the last couple of years since they went to the seventeen game schedule, the only teams that are are quote unquote losing home games are the teams in the mm-hmm. year in which you get nine home games. Like the reason the Eagles are hosting the game in was it Brazil? They're, they're, they're you know they're only they're using one of the nine because they get because of the extra schedule. You know every year you get either right. eight games or nine games. You know year but you know flip, it flips yeah. year to year. Correct. So you're not you're quote unquote you're not losing a home game. You this is this is going to be a game. It's almost like kind it's, of, it's almost like it's deferred. Yeah, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, deferred. that's all. You get that's that, all, but we gotta send you. We're gonna send you to I don't know Indonesia next year. You know what I'm saying? That's how they play. Buffalo had the home real, real game quick. last year. Yeah. Carl, uh, so hypothetically speaking, let's just say that the Giants get picked to go to Indonesia, okay? And it's a home game. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, I don't care because I've got no skin <laughs> in the game. I don't have season tickets. I don't have a parking pass. But I think most of the complaining of the Doomer and Gloomers are going to be the Giant fans that go to MetLife every day that are going to start every Sunday that are going to be like, hey, man, we just got robbed. We're paying for full season tickets. Yet I'll bet you maybe 5 to 8% of the Giant fans will go to Indonesia because they can or they want to. So that's where I see people getting upset is when they're paying for a product and they're not actually getting to see it. But if they want to see it, they're going to have to pay an extraordinary premium to go to Indonesia. What do you say? That's fine. I'd have to. I don't know. Now, here's what I don't know. I don't know if they adjust your season tickets based on the fact. Well, now that you know way in advance, um, I don't know if they adjust your season tickets based on the fact that you're getting less home games um, than you would have normally have got. That I. I they, yeah, that's what I think. If it's prorated, then you're not really lo- then the season ticket holder is not right. losing anything. It's just oh, I, one game I could have gone, but you know it's being outsourced essentially. Yeah, I think they would prorate it when it comes to that situation. Now, let you do know this, and Carl, you would know this too. I think I, I don't know the percentage. I would love to know it from a fan perspective. What percent? I mean, it's a small number, but I don't know the percentage of the people 
who do have season tickets for the home games will, will are willing to travel like that. Now, I do know people who would and have done it, but that number is low. But that they're they're in a minority. That's the whole point I was going to say. But yeah, I would I would agree with you, Lit. As far as there's going to be fans that uh, do not like that, they they would look at it like that. I would say that I would agree with you on that. But I'm just talking about fans who don't go to games at all, home or away. They're just watching it on TV or whatever, or streaming it. I, there's going to be a lot of these poor people, you know, portion. And there's going to be online on the message boards. Just you know. Why I got to get up at 9 o'clock? I mean, who knows if they work? See, I mean, I don't know their lifestyle. I mean, when I say that, I mean, we don't know if so many people work, you know, third shifts, and they, you know, want to get sleeping and, you know, wake up by 1 o'clock. It could be that. But uh, but, but when it comes to, let's say they, they throw the Giants, I don't know, in, uh, I don't know, pick a country, uh, France. Uh, yeah, I think people like us, but we are, I mean, what's the percentage of us? Like, It's probably like less, about 10%. That's on this tip. Yeah, I think in all numbers, yeah. I think it's yeah, no different now than like I, I see the MLB does a series now in London. Um, you know, it's probably mm-hmm. no different. It's probably about ten percent in in all these sports, really. Right. Right. Yeah. Is, that Is there a game that, you guys will see? That's how I look at it. Um, I mean, well, you know, I'm I'm hoping, and I think I'm, I, I know I know the Panthers. Obviously, they're going to be. I believe they're one of the teams that I thought I saw is supposed to have one of these foreign games. I believe. I'm not sure if that's it, accurate. It, or not. It, I have to check that. It is. It, it, they definitely have a home game in Germany, and I, to be honest, I think it's going to be the Giants. To be honest with you. That's but what I'm thinking. That's what I, I don't believe. think it's yes. going to be the Cowboys. I don't think it's going to be the Cowboys. I would think they were going to throw a, 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 a one of the brand franchises, and that really narrows down the pool to the Giants and the Cowboys. I don't – I could be wrong. I don't see the Cowboys going there. I could definitely see the Giants. Steve, you really I think definitely. that we might be in Europe again this year? You, you think we might be in Europe well, this look, year? Look, 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 okay, look at, okay, look at the Carolina home, uh, Panthers' uh, opponents who they would have played in Charlotte. It would have been the two NFC East teams. It would have been the Cowboys and the Giants. And then, okay. of course, the teams within their division. I don't think it's going to be a division game. I could be wrong. Yeah, they've never played it. I doubt. Yeah, since, right. since the start of this whole um, foreign country uh, series, there's been no division games ever played there. And then, then the other AFC team that would have got the extra game, it's possible but unlikely. I, I think it really would come down to between the Giants and the Cowboys, honestly. And the Giants weren't there since the last time. You went lit, what, two seasons ago? So yeah. the Giants never played in Germany. I, I think it would have come down. It, 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 I really believe it's them, but I or the, Cow- or the Cowboys. But I, the Cowboys I don't put my money been, on the Jets. Cowboys haven't been so, in a foreign country, I think, in like ten years. I believe ten, twelve years. I think is the, the time. It's been a long time for them. Right now, oh, is there man, a car? If the Giants was so for for the record, since we're the traveling fans, so if the Giants, it, it doesn't even matter where the Giants go. So you would go no matter where they would go. I would have to consider that one, you know, because you you start wondering like how many more fall, how many more how many more of these trips are you going to do? Like you're going to do this for the rest of your life, you know? I mean, you'd like to, but you know, sometimes you, there might be an expiration date, so it's like, hey, you know, there's going to be very few times where this is going to come about, so you may want to just take advantage now while you have the opportunity. Okay, fair. fair. Uh, Let, what about you? Honestly, wherever they would go, I mean, that's fine. You know, I, I just thank all my, my airline points. And, I mean, it's, to me, I mean, I'm it's being out there and seeing the world. Hopefully we get a good Giants game, but, you know, out there just, you know, being out there with my friends is just an amazing experience. I don't think it'll ever stop. I mean, once it's embedded in you, it's like, you know, as long as you do okay financially, I mean, there's nothing that should hold you back. Well, see, that's another well, that's another conversation, right? Because when fans think it's about, it's really they think it's about a lot of money, which it can be. It's more about the preparation. If you know the schedule, or if you start saving a whole uh, a lot of time before it even starts, you could easily you just have to sacrifice things. You may not want to go out to eat a lot. You may not want to, you know. Buy that new car you want. It, it all depends on how much you earn and what you're willing to sacrifice to do what you want. 
I mean, I think people, here's the thing. I think people do have the money. I, I just think they choose to do it for things they, you know, they have their choices and that's fine. If you, if you choose to, you know, go to certain places that you like, like Vegas or Miami or whatever, or, I mean, that's what you do. But to say you don't have the money, you can easily find the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just about the lifestyle choices. What are you willing to give up and how badly do you want to go? Like, like that's the thing, right? Like you were saying it earlier. If you're paying, what, $10,000, $15,000 for season tickets, that's easily a – that's not even a trip. That's, you don't need all that to go to England. You know what I'm saying? Not $10,000. No, no. Exactly. See, $10,000, that's like almost three not years even. for me traveling during hotel Right. That's like four or five trips. <laughs> That's like four to five. It's just, it's, what it comes down to is people's prioritization. And, you know, I, yeah, um, and there, there it is. If the team's trash, <laughs> if the team's trash, you know, uh, as, it, it certainly makes it a little bit more discouraging in, in, for some fans than if the team is, you know, if the team is decent where it's like, like, look, here, take a minute. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, right now, if you're a Chiefs fan that's been basically, you know, for the last, before the last, like, five years, you know, even they, I mean, they were good even when I was a kid, maybe in the, in the 90s. But like now, like you're in the prime moment yeah. of, of, of fandom. You want to go anywhere. You if you put the if you tell me the game on the map, just put it anywhere on the map in this country, Antarctica. Folks, folks will line up <laughs> and go up there. But I will say this, Carl. Now, this, I'm speaking for me. I think Lit may be in agreement with me. It's the, the and you, Carl, you could speak on it too because you we've all done the London game, all three of us. It's a little different because to me it felt more like a vacation than going to I don't know Vegas for the tailgate or the annual tailgate or Miami. Like you know, okay, the weekend festivities on the road is one thing, but when you go to places like that, it felt more like a vacation because you were there more than just the weekend. I think most people were there for five at least five days. So to me, it's even if the Giants stunk and it was a new place and I and I never been to, for me, I probably would go, knowing that they stunk. But if it's a place outside of the game, of course, it would, like 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 let's said, it's the experience, that new experience. It's like killing two birds with one stone. You get exactly, to do exactly. You know what I'm saying? The living experience outside of the sports, the sights, the interaction with the culture. And then hoping your team wins, it depends on how well rosters put together. And then it's like, you know, if they sting, it's like you knew you're, they're going probably going to lose if they sting, if you believe that. And uh, you knew that going in. But it was the other factor, the, 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 the lifestyle, the, the culture, the, the new experience. That, that's the stuff I definitely love about definitely going to new stadiums in different countries, especially for sports. What about you guys? You know, just just real quickly, going to London, yeah, it, the the event was to go obviously to the game, uh, but for me, you know, not, last time I went there, I was with my mom and my dad, so obviously I had to do the mom and dad things. I was on my own. I got to do my own thing, man. I had some amazing Indian food. I had some amazing Chinese food that I don't get out here. So to me, the the whole experience mm. it was different. It was totally different from going to Miami, Atlanta, Vegas. So I cherish that because it's not going to be an every four-year cycle or every two-year cycle depending on the outcome of the seeding of, of, the, of the Giants. So I, this will be probably my, what, my third time going to I know what to expect. Going to London, I didn't know what to expect, but I created it. I created something that was so amazing, fun, phenomenal that it's not mm. going to be a regular occurrence. Right, right. What about you, Carl? Oh, you just said it, right? But if you want to double down. Well, yeah. I mean, going to some of these foreign countries, you know, just on your own, you, you do have to take the, the four four to five-day journey out of it. It's not something that you can just say, hey, I'm going to fly in on Friday and leave on Monday. Like, that's not that, – it's, it's it's I refer to it as, a, as an experience. And, and think of it in those terms. Once you do that – you know, you can kind of, you know, you explore, you see all the different, you know, when we went to London, like, I think we went that, what, what day did we get to that? I think we got there that Thursday, if I remember correctly. Thursday. Maybe it Thursday, went, yeah. yeah, I think it was that Thursday, you know, and you take the whole day to explore there, and then you stick to Saturday and you explore, you have this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, by the time you get to Sunday, it's like, all right, you know, now it's, now it's that time, and, you know, we could probably, I probably could, you know, if I thought about it correctly, I probably should have taken much longer, 
you know, to be out there. But those are the things that, you know, when you decide to go to those countries to explore, you know, it's, it becomes much more than just, than just about the, 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 the football game that's going to happen, you know, for those three hours on that particular Sunday. Absolutely. 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 And, and, and on a smaller scale, it's kind of related to what we're saying. It's kind of like, as much as I've been going to the home games, like we all have, all three of us, like all my life, but I know uh, I didn't. we've been there, but we know the energy on the road is better. It just is. Yes. For the, always I will, want, always I, will be. I'm a middle-aged guy like you guys. We're middle-aged men. I, 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 if I've done it like a million times, it, it's cool if it's a big game and I might be into it, but if it's nothing like when we were in like Dallas or Chicago, of course, right? Or, you know, Vegas or Atlanta, Charlotte, you know, like, it's just that 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 three day window or four day window, depending on when you get there. It's just the camaraderie, because it's almost a me against the world kind of feel when you see fans you may or may not know, and wow, you you you're you're there for the common reason, and, and there's that little factor right there. I think that makes it a little bit more special. I believe, in my opinion. Why the role games are better, especially if you win, of course. But oh, like like yeah, when we're yeah. in San Francisco, you know, back in sixteen, seventeen, like it, 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 it's, the, it's it's that it's something special about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's the, you know what, Steve, Steve. You know what it is? I just realized it. Steve, Carl, when you go on the road, it's the unexpected, which is a great feeling. When you go to MetLife, it's like. Oh. We already know what to expect. You already, everything is all like laid I, out, and that's. I, but I think, boring. and I think that's all home games. I mean, when I mean all home games, I'm talking about yeah. any team in all sport. Yes. Any any fan, if you're a Saints fan or uh, I don't know, uh, Bronco fan, it's the same thing. If you have season tickets for 30, 40 years, you know what to expect. And if that's what you choose to spend your money on, God bless you. But not me. <laughs> uh-uh. If the Giants go to, I don't know, Japan, Tokyo, oh, yeah. you know I'm there. I ain't doing shit. <laughs> but, I mean, I, uh, I ain't spending no extra money on whatever it is. We, we going to Tokyo or we going to, I don't know, uh, Australia or Sydney or something like that. That is a once-in-a-lifetime. That's tailing two birds with one stone. You have got to take. Uh, I, that's what I'm thinking to myself. You got to take advantage of that. You gotta have, you gotta make it, absolutely, make it absolutely. But uh, anything else you like, like to say or bring like up, or on, on a, because we got like six minutes left, anything else? Topics um, on squad or around the league? Or, uh, um, thoughts on the season? Or? It's been kind of an interesting um, off season with um, with coaches and um, uh, disgruntledness and uh, power trips and egos and he said, she said, you said. Um, <laughs> in a short amount of time, I'll tell you that. Mm. Your thoughts, Carl? You know, in the, as we conclude sort of the season, you know, the the the, the Super Bowl and, and the season sort of brought like a lot of lessons into into the fold, right? Like, independent of who won the game, like the season was a victory for those that believed that having the super quarterback can trump the great roster. You know, there are some people that would say, hey, let's just build sort of a monstar team and have a half, you know, a decent quarterback and we can beat Patrick Mahomes. And you find out no, that's not exactly how that's going to go. Then there is the, well, we need to pay the running back. The Chiefs are showing again. You don't really have to. If you want to, <laughs> yeah, if you want to pay a wide receiver 25 million bucks, the Chiefs traded arguably the best receiver in the league and won two Super Bowls without him. Wow. You know, you know, deep, you can still win with defense. The Chiefs this season, I think in the postseason, allowed 15 points a game in the postseason and never allowed more than 28 points in any game this season. You can still win that way, but you've got to have a great quarterback to do that. Like there's all these different things that are – you know, sort of the lessons that you just sort of take out of the year. And I, in the final probably conclusion, you know, unfortunately, if you are Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, hmm. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, no different than Reggie Miller, Patrick Ewing, Carl yeah. Malone, Gary Payton, you just happen to unfortunately be born 
in the same time period as Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, and your career is likely going to end with, unless you can get lucky, you know, it's going to be ending in that where your plaque at the Hall of Fame is going to say, you know, never won a championship because Patrick Mahomes is in the league. It's unfortunate. Right. Let me say this, and we'll go for final thoughts. I was thinking about this earlier this week, and about Andy Reid's legacy, especially earlier on when he was a Philadelphia Eagles coach, and all those years with McNabb, and how the blame was to go to the, you know Reid or McNabb. He's got to be riding high, of course, because now he's got Mahomes, and he's kind of written or wrote the ship of what his legacy was when he was in Philadelphia. Even you know the years. Before Mahomes got there, you know, when they brought on Andy Reid, I remember when Andy Reid got hired with the Kansas City Chiefs and how people said, oh, he ain't never won nothing in Philadelphia. Why did we get this guy? Yep. Now look at it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing when you get that right quarterback. And they got a gym because the Chicago Bears fucked up that draft for themselves. That's was what, I mean, who knows what history could be had what the Bears did, what they needed to do to get him – but the Chiefs ended up getting him, and oh my God, can you, Carl, real quick, but then we go to live for final thoughts. If the Chicago Bear fan, how do you feel when you see him Mahomes just rack up championships like this? You know what I'm saying? In real time. So that, so that operates under the idea that he would have been in Philadelphia in a situation. Yeah, I mean that operates on the idea that he would have come to Chicago and done exactly the same thing as he did in Kansas City. It's a dream, but that's why structure matter where you go to matters you know when when, when mahomes was t- i told the story to lit a couple weeks ago and a couple of the other guys when mahomes was taken by kansas city in the 2017 draft the team that he was coming to had made the playoffs three of the previous four years and had just won 12 games the previous season but the coaching staff and management had made the conclusion that alex smith could only go so far that the, sky, that the limit was the sky and not the sky being the limit. And that's when they decided. Now, most teams would say, hey, we have our quarterback. He's won 12 games. Why, why, are we, why are we switching quarterbacks? Well, why would we even do that? That's the point because they weren't winning. They, 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 you reach a ceiling with a certain guy, and they found the guy that they thought could take them, can open up the skies, can make sunny days as opposed to, you know, 60 degrees. And they found their person. They were able to, you know, mature him, be able to teach him. And once he was ready to be unleashed on the league, the story writes itself. Right on. Uh, one last thing on that. Uh, one last thing on that note. They also got it right too. Um, I mean, not not you know, if you look at quarterbacks current now, uh, five years ago, whatever. Um, there's not a Patrick Mahomes in every draft, but with that, with what they did to get Patrick Mahomes, they got it right. Mm-hmm. Right on. Hey, look, final thoughts? Carl, final thoughts after that? Then we'll close out. We will be back, of course, in two weeks to pick up on Big Blue and the rest of the NFL in two Thursdays from now. But, look, final thoughts. Man. This is one conversation from a fan level perspective, though. Yeah. You know, Steve, this was a really good, intimate conversation with the three of us. Um, you know, Carl, Steve, yourself, uh, just having great dialogue, just being really, uh, you know, articulate about how we see things, how we feel things. Um, I'm glad that we got to break down, you know, certain segments, obviously, of the Super Bowl. We talked about, you know, the legacy with Patrick Mahomes. You know, we threw in a little what-if scenarios if the Giants are going to go to Europe or wherever else. We talked about, you know, um, you know, fans that like to travel as opposed to fans. Don't. So this is really like a really good kind of starting of going into the next segment of where we're going to go diving into the Giants. But it was a really nice buffer just to have this just this guy chat right now and just kind of this just be really spontaneous and free-flowing. It's just a really, really, really good show, man. I'm glad I was able to be part of it. So, Luz, bro. So, Luz, for, for, of course, joining, man, and, and running this thing with us, man. Thank you, man. And, Carl, final thoughts from you, and then we'll get back into the talk in two weeks from now. Yeah, I just want to echo the same things that Jason just mentioned. You know, it's always good now that we've had a season to sort of, you know, put aside and, you know, we can kind of talk about some things that may be on the field, but some things in, in the sort of historical sense. And, and legacy and just, you know, even some stuff beyond the game. And as, you know, look ahead here, um, I'm probably only going to read a mock draft one time between now and the draft because I have no interest in them. Um, but if, if I'm reading this correctly, that the Giants are targeting a wide receiver with, the first pick in the, with their first pick in the draft, 
Are you serious? I'm just I'll, I'm going to leave it at that. We still have Daniel Jones on the roster, right? Because <laughs> then why would we waste the pick on uh, receiver? We're going to fifty-nine minutes. We went fifty-nine minutes. Fifty-nine minutes without mentioning Daniel Jones. We just said we, we commit. We could, we, could, we could mention it in two weeks. Um, I have my notes that I've saved throughout the college football season, and I have an idea what they should do. I don't know what, what they would do, but we'll talk about it in two weeks, man. Guys, it was an honor discussing this stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll continue the conversation in two weeks. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We'd love to get Chris's thoughts on the all season with the Big Blue and then also the uh, rest of the NFL uh, we'll talk, you know, whatever happens with the other teams. We'll we'll pick a couple of teams and run with it in two weeks behind the Giants on February the 29th at 8 p.m. at Eastern Standard Time. All right, gentlemen, it's good talking with you. Sean Grace, ladies and gentlemen. Bleed blue. Steve, Can you have a good night. It? I'm out. Can you Peace. dig it? Can you dig it? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.